from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, happy Monday and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Cybersecurity Awareness Month here on the Cyber Hub Podcast, where we drive awareness 365 days a year. So it's going to be a busy show. It's going to be a busy month. Busier than others because we're trying to push awareness. But nonetheless, we've got a lot going on in cyber over the last few days, like a ton over the weekend. I think stories that many people thought would be buried by Monday morning are not buried. In fact, they've just become spread more like wildfire. So that's our show for today. It's packed. It's busy. Johnson's Control, State Department, DHS, progress with another issue. This list is getting long. So with that being said, let's not uh, let any more time go by. And let's all join in the traditional Coffee Cup Cheers this morning. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, now X and Twitch and Rumble. Good morning, everyone tuning in. I see your comments. Thank you for being here. And Coffee Cup Cheers, y'all. Don't like a script. Don't like it. Great espresso. Don't like the script. Let's do this. Johnson's Control Cybertech is now disrupting operations. It also, they say it may. We're getting some confirmations that it does involve some sensitive DHS information so building automation giant johnson control under a ransomware attack this was first reported on wednesday we talked about it on the thursday show it's insane because this video got thousands of views our downloads were off the charts because of the coverage of the johnson controls piece so that's why we're leading off with it number one number two there's a whole lot to it a whole lot to it the demand is 51 million dollars in ransom by the dark angel ransomware gang who were the brave ones who took credit for this uh, attack. Additionally, CNN is reporting that they've obtained an internal memo from DHS that's raising alarms across the entire ecospace, warning that it may have compromised sensitive physical security information on DHS, like the DHS floor plans in their facilities. It's also alleged that the company had worked with DHS and is, and is, and is in possession of classified and sensitive contracts for DHS that, deposit, that, 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 that explain essentially the physical security of many DHS facilities. Dark Angel is claiming they have stolen 27 terabytes of data from the company. 27 terabytes. Now, I don't keep track of all the terabytes that put out there, but this may be the largest trove. I don't know. Maybe. The company, for their end, has given the uh, what I like to call... Um, PR traditional response. We're investigating this. We're working with law enforcement. We have third-party security experts on staff helping us and all that good stuff. Well, nonetheless, the EU agency for cyber warned in March that ransomware was the most significant threat facing the transport sector in the EU. Protecting gangs are likely to target and disrupt operational technology systems into foreseeable futures, potentially causing even more significant effects for victims. This is a dramatic spike. Now, here's the take on this, and there's a few ways to look at this because really it, it, it's, it's, it's significant, and I'll explain. One, if they didn't have separation of classified material and non-classified material, then this giant failed in the basic responsibility of data classification and data security at the very basic level. Now, those who watch the show know I never go after the victims of a crime. After all, Johnson's control is a victim of a crime. 
nonetheless, if you put all of your eggs in that one basket and you leave that one basket somewhere where someone could potentially get to it, there's some responsibility one victim must take for their recklessness. Meaning if classified material, DHS classified material was sitting on an insane server, same network, same everything, as non-classified material, as potential operational material, then, folks, that's a big issue. And by the way, a lot of companies don't know how to differentiate that because a lot of times we don't know all the data we have. We don't always trust the classification of the data we have. And those projects are insane and humongous and hard to take under control and get under control and understand and deploy the right methods and it have be a business enabler and do a lot of different things. Hence, it's very, very difficult. Hence why Johnson Control could have been in this situation. Hence why this is likely going to lead to a congressional hearing and potentially a whole lot more of calls for what we know the government loves to do best. Regulate, fine, and disrupt, you know, traditional ways of doing things because why the hell not? But this isn't the only thing. Now the State Department is saying that the Chinese criminals and hackers stole around 60,000 emails through the Microsoft attack an attack that Microsoft has blamed on China, the State Department for its part, are like saying, uh, we haven't formally assigned blame because why would you? Why would you? You're trying to negotiate with people who want to bring you down. This is one of the, you know, from a diplomacy perspective, the way you gain edge in any fight is you go up to the bully and you say, we know it was you. You put it out on loud and you say, we're pretty ticked and this is going to cost you something. Instead, we're just putting out information. State Department spokesperson, uh, spokesman Matthew Miller has said that 60,000 unclassified emails were exfiltrated as part of the breach. Okay, classified systems were not hacked. They were only related to unclassified systems. But nonetheless, it was strategic communication going on between that. So they didn't get like official cables going between State Department to another. Cables are official communication that goes from a, a foreign embassy or a consulate to the State Department in Washington, D.C for that end blinken who's might be go down as one of the weakest negotiators in history uh as 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 as, as a secretary of state has said that he's brought it up with his chinese counterpart on the silent of southeast asian meeting this should have a whole lot more you don't get to hack our systems and we bring it up in a meeting this should have some repercussions but what can we expect what can we expect y'all so here's the thing when everyone says we need more government help in cyber these are the same people who are walking barefoot while preaching that we should be doing the things we should be doing. And they want to add regulation and they want to add red tape and they want to add liability and they want to add and add and add. Yet they're failing in the very basic standards they set for themselves, which aren't being enforced. Meaning most organizations today, you'd say in the Fortune 100 or 500 stack, would probably do better at these types of audits than our own government will. Because the federal department that oversees the U.S. diplomatic corp that suffered a serious lack of visibility in the cyber threat is now harboring major gaps at the State Department after the 60,000 email thing. So the U.S. State Department must fully implement its cybersecurity risk program and take additional steps to better protect its IT network and systems, according to the General Accounting Office in a 92-page scathing report. I've read some of it. It is. Let me tell you something. It's it's bad, and I'll tell you why. One, they have risk management roles and responsibilities they've got those identified they've built a strategy they haven't done anything with it it's just a powerpoint it's just something there 
No one's ever really been made aware of it. No one's really shared it. So that's great that they've done it. Good job. Yet only less than half of it's been implemented. And the rest of it is just, hey, uh, we don't even have continuous monitoring systems yet in place. This is the State Department, folks. The State Department. These are the people that are in charge of foreign policy in this country. Just want to keep that in mind. If you're wondering why cyber attacks are increasing, and why we're seeing more, it's because the people who are supposed to be our representatives overseas lack the very controls and foundational controls that they expect us to have as practitioners. So you can say anything you want to say, and I see some of your comments. I'm not being one side or the other. This isn't about uh, uh, one political side or another political side. This is a systematic system failure in the State Department that's been going on forever. And the last State Department head before Anthony Blinken was Secretary Pompeo. And Secretary Pompeo, former head of the NSA, couldn't get these things under control. He couldn't get it implemented. He couldn't get the budget even. Like, that's the thing here is there's plenty of ways to do this and do this effectively to defend the nation and to defend the integrity of our diplomats and their communication and their systems and ensure that in the event of anything going on, we have resiliency and they don't do it. And when people keep talking to me about we need more regulation. Every time I go to DC, I come back more frustrated. Every time we talk to these people, they give you the whole dog and pony show. Yes, we take it all seriously. Yet their own departments fail this. And I'm sorry that I'm dragging on to this. I'm spending way more time than I wanted to. But I'm just extremely frustrated at the fact when people say we should just be partnering with them. They can't pass their own audits. They can't do that. They're not doing it. They can't even get the right implementation in place. So they got to replace 24,000 piece of hardware systems, and they're probably going to go order them from China. Just saying, that's probably what they're going to do. And then they're going to be like, well, we shouldn't order stuff from China. Well, you shouldn't order stuff from China too. So there's that. There's just read the report. You'll be as outraged as I am. Then comment all you want in the section and call me all the names you want. Progress can't seem to get out the server, uh, the severe vulnerability uh, issue. The company, the maker of the Move It transfer file sharing platform that now has thousands of victims are calling out a new CVE with a maximum severity of 10 over 10 CVE 2023-40044. The security flaw, which was patched this week, and two of them have been rated as critical. So there's additional one CVE 2023-42657. The 444 is an unauthenticated remote code execution command after successful exploitation of a .NET deserialization vulnerability in the ad hoc transfer ad hoc transfer module. The second one is a directory traversal vulnerabilities that enables attackers to perform file operations outside the authorized WSFTP folder path. Those have all been patched, but nonetheless, 2,100 successful move data theft attacks and counting. There are more victims coming forward every single day. Here's another one. Like I said, there's going to be some significant repercussions for progress and they may be a use case uh, for many of us in the future. Cloudflare, for their end, have a ironic way to uh, let DDoS actually happen. Apparently, Cloudflare's firewall and DDoS prevention can be bypassed through a specific attack process that leverages the logic flaws in a cross-tenant security control. The bypass would put Cloudflare customers under a heavy burden, rendering the protection systems of the internet firm less effective. The only requirement for the attack is for the attackers to create a free Cloudflare account and use as part of their attack, meaning just 
They could all throw a free Cloudflare attack and you bypass the Cloudflare firewall and DDoS prevention module. So it's essentially Cloudflare versus Cloudflare. This is a very smart article written very well by the team over at Bleeping Computer. This approach would allow them to bypass the protection features of their victims by essentially using the same tool, meaning pointing your own gun against your head and shooting you with it. For therein, um, Cloudflare have s- s- sir sh- uh, shown shared a few proof of concept with the configurations to demonstrate how easy it is to bypass it. And researchers have reached out to Cloudflare to say if they're going to add any additional protection mechanisms. They've been silent thus far. An Israeli spyware vendor is targeting, well, they're not targeting. Their software is targeting Egyptian organizations with a rare iOS exploit chain. That's the one we saw last week that, uh, um, sorry here, the uh, Zoom is not working very well to bring this into main screen. Um, the company is called Intellexa. Apparently, their uh, spyware is being used against a Egyptian organizations. It's a Apple zero-day vulnerability that was disclosed last week, and it is a Chrome zero-day to exploit Androids. Um, the Predator is was first developed by Citrox, one of the number of spyware developers that have been absorbed under the umbrella of Intellexa in recent years. The company is known to have uh, done this before. Israel-Egypt peace agreement. They have a, a, a huge military cooperation. It's no surprise that Israeli technology has been used in Egypt by the Egyptian government to target people. It's not Israelis doing it to Egyptians. It's the Egyptian government using Israeli technology to spy on Egyptian organizations within Egypt. Just thought I'd bring that in. This article is very misleading in that, nonetheless, it's spyware. It exists. It's out there. People use it all the time. I know. Bad. A new Marvin attack is reviving a 24-year-old decryption flaw in RSA. This specific attack is bringing back some really bad memories. This was discovered in 1998, and it's a a flaw that's related to the PKCS number 1 version 1.5 batting in SSL servers. Now, apparently, after extensive t-shirt research, sorry, and and measures by end-to-end operators, Red Hat researchers discovered several variations to the original timing attack. They're calling it the Marvin attack, which could fix uh, bypass and uh, any fixes or mitigations that have been put in place since. Red Hat warns that the vulnerability isn't limited to RSA, but extends to most asymmetric cryptographic algorithms, making them susceptible to side channel attacks. Uh, According to the test, this would be uh, also available in OpenSSL. GNU, TLS, NNS, PICA, and cryptography, M2 Crypto, OpenSSL, IBM CA, Go, and GNO, uh, GNU, sorry. So all of those could be susceptible to the old Marvin attack. Interesting, um, Red Hat says that certification does not guarantee protection against the Marvin attack, uh, except for level four, four certs certification, which ensures good resistance. Outside of that, you might be pretty open to it. There's more on the show notes. And and our final news for today, IronNet has officially laid off all of their employees and they filed for Chapter 7 protection. So if you know any IronNet people, please reach out to them. They've raised $400 million and I find themselves out of work and out of a business. So um, um, some more of our colleagues joining uh, the unemployment line and we'll be happy to help them. If you know anyone, tag them here so that we can share their profile if they're looking for work. Uh, and if anyone needs anything, please reach out cyberhelppodcast.com uh, or on my LinkedIn page. You can get all the latest and greatest there. A few minutes over, but I appreciate y'all staying with us this Monday morning. It's been a really packed show and there's a lot to talk to and a lot to unload and a lot to unpack. If we can get to anything as practitioners is we have to be reliant on ourselves and the people within our community that support us. I'm not saying all government is reckless, but nonetheless, we see the State Department not functioning. We obviously see the, see the challenges that DHS 
has on their end. And CISA is trying to wrap that all, but we've got too many hands in the cyber pot on the federal side. That's really the bottom line. There's too many hands in the pot. All of the hands need to go to centralized into one body that can coordinate all the response across everywhere else and, and coordinate all of that. And they can understand that best than anyone else. Instead, we're really still operating in silos on the federal side. And I hope, I hope for our nation and for our federal partners. And we have so many friends here on the show that are on in the federal side of the house that we're able to get that fixed sooner rather than later before it becomes a national security risk that may surprise us and give us a black eye. That's it for the show this morning. Thank you all for tuning in. Happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We'll be back with more tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, live right here on your favorite podcast listening platform and on your favorite social media. Tune in live with all the latest. Bring your cup of coffee and be ready. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.